0: It's episode 298 of Crack the Customer Code, the next chapter in your customer success story. Uh, Jeannie,
1: I believe you owe me $10. Uh,
2: I am not sure why you believe that.
1: Well, I believe uh, you did not read your podcasting host contract that says, I share in all the revenues and including the gifts you receive from working at Michelle (laughs) Falco and our guest's new restaurant.
2: Well, you know, I get half we did do a little role play where he offered it to do that if I started working there, but I haven't accepted the job
1: you haven't accepted
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: first of all, as our listeners will soon discover when we get into this fantastic interview, uh you should take the job because it sounds pretty amazing to work for <laughs> it michelle does.
2: <laughs> it does indeed. he really has thought about the experience of the people who work in his restaurants, but also the folks who serve the customers, like really thinking about who are the right people who should be in these positions. So it's, it's a great interview. It really is. He's, he's really creative about how he looks at things. And I think everybody will walk away with something.
1: And I said this in an interview and I, and I really think it's important. So people will listen in, uh, you know, you hear about a restaurateur and you like, Oh, well, we talk about customer experience. We always talk about all these big companies and how they mm-hmm. execute. And we start to think about restaurants and these smaller businesses. Like, Oh, it's really hard to, you know, do that without scale. Right. He is doing it. Okay. So much of the stuff we talk about doing on this podcast and out in the, you know, our content, everybody else's content, he is executing it and he is doing it. And a you know, restaurant environment, not at scale, not a national you know company, not Amazon. So mm-hmm. if you want to really learn some amazing lessons and also some ideas to help you think about what you could do in your business, this is absolutely the episode for you.
2: Yes. You're here. Right,
1: well, Jeannie Take us away.
2: (laughs) Well, let me tell you about our amazing guest. So, Michelle Falcon is an entrepreneur, advisor, and international keynote speaker who leverages customer experience and employee engagement strategies to grow businesses. He has been hired by multi-million and billion-dollar companies across dozens of industries to improve their customer experience and employee engagement, and has traveled to countries like Canada, USA, Israel, Austria, Australia, Nigeria, and Germany. Michelle has worked with and spoken to companies like McDonald's, Verizon Wireless, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Alfa Romeo, Electronic Arts, and many others. As an entrepreneur, Michelle is a partner in a hospitality company based in Toronto, Ontario, that owns and operates restaurants that earn more than $10 million in yearly revenue and has more than 100 employees. Hello, Michelle. We are so happy to have you here.
0: Hello, Jeannie, and hello, Adam. Thank you so much for having me. Michelle
1: in the house, and (laughs) I just got through seeing you. We had the pleasure of hanging out a few weeks ago at the Secret Service Summit, and I was fortunate enough to see your presentation as well, and I was blown away by all the amazing culture and CX ideas you're actually using in the real world in your business. And I know we're not going to be able to get to all of them today, but I'd love to give our audience a sense of some of the great things you're doing. So, Let's start with how you approach getting the right team together. You have a very CX-focused approach to hiring. So tell us a bit about that process because you're doing some really innovative things. Right. So
0: by me sharing that you can't have an exceptional customer experience unless you have an admired employee experience, I I wouldn't be singing a new song. Uh, We understand that. Uh, But how do you get there, right? Um, And some of the things that we do to create this customer-centric culture um, is by serving our uh, serving our team, of course, but by building the team. Um, and what we need to do first and foremost is map out what our team members, uh, how do we want them to behave. And we call this document the employee muse. It's a couple paragraphs for each position that we're rec- we are recruiting for. Uh, we'll work with our management teams and say what type of traits which attributes this individual have Uh, what's their experience like what do they do in their free time Uh, because we need to understand who we're targeting uh, and not all professionals are alike we need a certain uh, type of individual that has a customer-centric dna uh, that's going to fit within this culture that we've created Uh, Of course, like any company, we have core values. Uh, Within our interview process, we ask two questions per core value. Uh, One of our core values is humility. Um, And we ask two questions to understand, is this person humble? Um, You know, foresight is another one of our uh, core values. Uh, Will this team member, me being in the hospitality industry, have the foresight to help a team member that's in the weeds? So this is how we begin to start building our culture is just foundational things. Uh, Before we opened our most recent location, uh, we spent about six months uh, designing these uh, systems and processes even before we opened our doors.
1: And your process is pretty extensive, right? I mean, you don't just walk in and have one interview and you're hired.
0: No, it's, it's not. There's, um, you know, in the hospitality industry, it's, it's known for 20% success rate, high competition and high turn employee turnover. Um, we can manage the turnover. I can't manage the competition, um, of course, we can manage the success rate, but how do we become successful? It's by focusing internally before we even create a new menu item uh, or promote anything online. And our interview process is—I call it the gauntlet. It's—it's it's six steps, regardless. Yeah, you know, like not actually, but I kind of want you to be a little kind of bruised and battered by the end of it—not literally, but I want—I I want you to be like when you show up on day one and be like, really? You really had to take me through that process? Um, I take pride in that. And whether you're a dishwasher or a GM, you're not excused from this hiring pyramid. Uh, of course, the questions change along the way, uh, depending on the, the role that you're hiring for, but it's extensive. And, you know, when people, when I present this hiring pyramid to friends or you know an audience, um, they're like, wow, that's a lot of work. And I said, yeah, it is. But I like to front load the work. I like to do the majority of the work in the beginning so that I have the luxury of high, having high employee retention. And then I save on my bottom line by not having to spend so much on training and, and recruiting and uh, hiring recruitment companies. I've never hired a recruitment company. We've hired over 100 people.
2: Good for you. Wow. And You know, I thought something that I heard that you did was pretty unique uh, because you ask a really unique question during that interview process – I guess this is a tool in the gauntlet, yeah. part, of gauntlet. <laughs> part of the gauntlet. Um, and I thought it was really, really clever. So can you tell us about that specific question Yeah. Um, about indulgence, I guess? Yeah,
0: yeah. So I'll speak to that one and then I have another one that I would like to share as well, too. So the, mm-hmm. the first is, uh, so so Jeannie, let's, let's role play. Let's pretend you are um, – uh, uh, applying to become our bar manager. So in our culture interview, I would ask you, uh what is an indulgence that you can't live without that costs less than
2: $20? An indulgence, I would say getting my nails done.
0: So the reason that we ask the $20 indulgence question is because it's a part of our onboarding process. I think onboarding needs to be two things. It needs to be technical. So you need to train with a great education, but it also needs to be um, emotional. So if when Jeannie comes on her first day, we have instructed our management team to uh, prepare a welcome card that all the business partners sign, which is kind of standard, uh, nothing new there, but we're also going to gift that $20 gift gift to genie so that's going to be that gift certificate to that nail salon now that story in itself is it's nice it's heartwarming it's you know you're going to tell that story to your family members or your friends and it might act as a recruiting tool in itself but the the primary reason that i like that for a business from a business perspective is because genie's never seen that before in an employer uh mm-hmm. therefore her engagement is going to be high on day one she's about to go into training i need Jeannie's engagement to be high because the business needs her knowledge retention to be high so whether you are a bar manager or in sales or pr whatever your role is you're going to be serving the business exceptionally well on day one because of a 20 dollars gesture and Mm. These are some of the things that I love about business is being looking at things, seeing what the desired outcome is and being like, how can we get there in a unique way? And uh, another outcome from that is the media loves talking about this stuff. Uh, Locally here in Toronto, we've had some business uh, outlets uh, write about the $20 question. And of course, that acts as a recruiting tool as well as well for us, uh, which helps build our culture. So uh, that's the twenty dollars question. That's
2: that's so great, and I, I love I love how um you know y- you kind of if you're taken off guard with it, you have to think about it a little bit and be like, oh, it's a surprise. But to your point of the recruiting aspect of it, like I bet people walk in there now to their interviews and they're just like, oh, I've already thought about it. You know, <laughs> like, well, I know exactly so, what
0: I'm going to say. So this question's going to have to change because we've been are like people are going to hear about it right like it Mm -hmm. used to be a surprise and now you know i i wouldn't suggest that every person that comes into the interview process knows that question is coming but we're vulnerable to that so you know if i was to be on your podcast in in a year that question wouldn't have changed um Uh. which leads me to another question we ask and it's what is the skill set you want to learn a non work related skill set you want to learn in the next year. Now, I've heard everything. I've heard I want to speak Italian. I want to learn how to salsa dance. I want to learn how to skydive. We budget on our PL for $500 per employee because on your one year anniversary, you are gifted that thing that you said in the interview process. So, so genie wants to learn how to salsa dance well perfect we are going to purchase some lessons for her and a friend and we're gonna have private lessons for her and now you could imagine what our director of finance his the the expression that he had Uh, you know (laughs) i could literally see his eyes not literally but you could imagine his eyes are rolling in his head like like he was a uh, slot machine but like a hundred Times five five hundred dollars. One hundred employees times five hundred dollars. That's a considerable <laughs> amount. But you know, for me, if if I can increase the likelihood that I'm going to retain that employee for one more year for five hundred dollars, that's a bet I'm willing to make every single time because I'm I'm willing to bet on humanity. I'm willing to bet on compassion. Um, and if I lose, I lose. But it's a it's it's a high it's it's a bet that I think I'm going to win.
1: Well yeah, you definitely don't want that question getting out there because I'd be like, I want to learn how to fly to Switzerland first class. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you're gonna get there with five hundred
0: dollars. <laughs> but you are no.
1: gonna, gonna set up a virtual flight experience, right? There you, there you, there right? you go. <laughs> here's a here's a Singapore air you can <laughs> Well, cool, you know, uh Like all great artists, right? I mean, you're you're sort of an artist with the stuff you're doing. Because it is truly a differentiator. But like all great artists, you stole a fantastic idea from someone else. (laughs) And that is our buddy, John DeJulia. So tell us real quickly about the green and blue menus and uh, how you came about that idea, which yeah. I know that secret, and okay, how so your team's
0: using them. In, in just a few moments, uh, it's a much longer story, but I'm going to kind of condense it. Uh, I was a call center agent for a medium-sized franchisor based in Vancouver in my early 20s. And I went to our yearly conference, and John DeJulius was the speaker on customer service. And he shared a story about how uh, in his uh, salons, you either get a black spot smock or a white smock. And that's to differentiate if you've been here before, if this is the first time visit, and that's how you welcome. You know, this is what I call internal cues within the business to welcome that new or uh, um, repeat customer. For our business, we have blue and green menus, and it's the same same idea. Green, blue menu, you've been here before. Green menu, you haven't. And that's by us. You know, checking our reservation system, social media, everything. Um, not only is it internal cues for um welcoming guests but it's also for our customer intelligence so if our servers or bartenders see uh, a blue menu so a customer that's come back before uh or has been here before then we're going to take a look at our uh, our um our system where we track all of our customer intelligence and identify okay what did adam have to drink last time now it would be a little off-putting if i said hey adam on tuesday January 3rd, you enjoyed sangria. Would you like another one? No, that's not going to be the case. <laughs> what we're going to do, though, is I know Adam had sangria last time. I'm going to bet that he liked it. So I'm going to actually feature sangria at the table when I'm you know, taking drink orders because I have a feeling that Adam is going to jump out of his seat and say, yes, I want one for everyone, right? Everyone's going to try it. Now, for us, that's great. Adam's going to get what he wants and the guests are going to get a great drink as well too. For us, it's a sales tactic, right? Like we, we just increased our, 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 our ticket price there. Um, so again there's it's these customer experience can be you know your greatest Mm -hmm. sales tool if you use it properly we're leveraging customer intelligence we have some internal cues in the business and these are the things that we do to that really do support our culture you know one of our core values again foresight do you have the foresight to take a look at your customer's history and take the data that we collect to create this experience that our customers have never seen before in an industry that look if you aren't ready to to compete on customer experience don't even show up i don't care how good your chicken is or how prime your steak is like you're going to lose and you know and, and i hope i can welcome you one day to one of our venues but we literally have customers we're on the most competitive street in toronto it's called king street there's a restaurant to the left to the right mm-hmm. and in front of us and and many many more um so what is our differentiating point going to be it it I would actually say it can't just be customer experience. It has to be our employee engagement uh, because we know how volatile um, uh, retention rates can be on the employee side of things. So that goes back to what I mentioned earlier with the internal focus versus external, I probably spend 70% of my time coaching my management team on employee engagement things and 30% of my time on customer related things. Because if I figure out the employee things, the customer thing will figure out, figure itself out um, with some guidance, of course.
2: Right, right. But if you get them engaged in the right way, they're going to solve those problems before you even need to be brought in sometimes. So that's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Uh, So anybody who uh, has listened to this podcast or met me for more than five minutes (laughs) knows that uh, I'm kind of obsessed with this idea of micro interactions or these micro moments that are often just overlooked parts of the customer journey. And I know that I heard something about how you have a micro customer experience yeah. budget at your restaurants. So I'd love to sure. hear about that. So how, it our,
0: works. Uh, how within the business, we call a micro customer experience, a small, subtle and affordable gesture that we do for our customers. Now, I believe that these gestures will beat any traditional marketing campaign in terms of value and dollars spent. So let's say... Um, uh, Adam books a reservation uh, with us. Um, we have our guest, part uh, pardon me, our experienced coordinator, um, looking at reservations all day, every day, and going online to see what Adam tweets about. You know, is he a is he a big sports fan, or you know, does he have a a dog? Um, what does he care about? right, in his personal life. How can we leverage that intelligence to create a micro experience? So for example, let's say that I, um, you know, Adam is local to Toronto and we happen to see that uh, he tweeted that he has a subscription to BarkBox. because he has, an, he has a dog and he signed up to that. Well, that's intelligence for us uh, to use. Because he has an animal, and if you're if you have an animal, you are an obsessive animal person. I have a dog. I'm a crazy dog person, right? Like, and that. Yeah, so yep, we you all go. are. I was I was <laughs>
1: until lunch today, but no, but now I'm over it.
0: <laughs> so, how can I learn something about our guests to pull out their heartstrings? So, if when Adam shows up, we're going to send our experience coordinator to the nearest pet food, uh, pet store to maybe buy like a bone or something like that. Now you can't be too invasive, right? With, with privacy and, and so forth. But another example, um, r- most recently, um, uh, one of our servers who we trained around our micro customer experience program, it was listening to a table. They were here celebrating a birthday. Um, there's a table for four and we, uh, our server by active listening, uh, took action on what she had heard. She had heard that one of the ladies at this table was also celebrating an announcement uh, of a pregnancy. So what? Uh, Yasmin was our server. Went to Laura Grant. Laura Grant's our experience coordinator, and said, "This is the this is the opportunity we have. Laura, who has a budget every single month, runs to the nearest Shoppers Drug Mart, which is like the Walgreens or CVS equivalent in Canada, and purchases a twenty five dollar gift certificate to Toys R Us. Takes that." just in time to uh, hand the bill to our guests and within their billfold is a handwritten card saying congratulations on your uh pregnancy announcement here's a little gift on us so how does that happen it happens because we've that's experience design we've designed that from a man from a top-down level we've given our team members the autonomy to do that we've recruited a single point of accountability laura grant is our experience coordinator she does this she's up and running down king street all night and the, for the nights that she's working she's standing by the host to stand waiting for somebody to say something and then she bolts because she knows she has limited time to purchase that gift before that guest leaves um but we also budget it like we budget it on our PL. um because we need you know i don't want our experience coordinator to call our gm and say hey colin this is you know the opportunity we have do you think i can do no like go and do it just you know again don't you know if adam tweeted out that he just got over an ear infection you know you don't buy him ear infection medicine like you make it relevant you make it like don't make it creepy right like and and just be careful and you know what if you if you slip up a little bit so be it that's okay it's a learning opportunity but that is our micro customer experience budget and that's how we're able to make it stick now anybody can do that however in in theory the program's not all too difficult, doesn't cost a lot of money, but you need your customer centric professionals in your business to do it authentically. I've seen companies do it and say, Michelle, it didn't stick. It's not working. Your program's not working. Okay, well, let's do a little digging. And in short, it's like, because you have the wrong people, right? Like, so like no micro <laughs> customer experience program is going to save your business. Unless you have the right people. And look, the three of us, what, have we been saying mm-hmm. that for years, mm-hmm. right? right like, yeah. <laughs> and we'll continue to say it for years, but it, that goes back to the internal versus external.
1: Right. Well, you can't. I mean, you can give somebody all the power in the world, but if they don't care to use it, it's useless. Exactly. So, and that's what you're really talking about. You're talking about empowerment, you know, at the frontline level. And if they don't care enough to be aware and to make those efforts and to do those things, it ain't going to happen. Exactly. Alright, so we're gonna wrap up here, but I wanna ask one quick question here at the end because you were doing something really cool. And one of the things I really like, I, I can't wait for people to listen to this episode, because you're just doing things that people are like, Oh, you gotta be a big company to do that, and you're making it happen, you know, in a restaurant setting. And you're doing video, and you know, if I think of video for a restaurant business, I'm sort of thinking content marketing, but you're using it as a customer experience tool. So tell us real quickly like how you're doing that, because I thought that was one of the coolest yeah, things. Yeah, so talk. we
0: um I went to my business partners one day and said, we need a full-time videographer. It's going to cost us X amount. And these are the reasons why. And, you know, it, it was a considerable amount. And they looked at me like I was an alien. But um, it, it, it was for content <laughs> marketing reasons. But I also said, these are some of the other uh, value ads. Um, I, today I did it. If you were to have called me at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time today, I would have missed your call. Because every Tuesday at 10.30 a.m., I work with my experience coordinator and my videographer. I show up to one of our venues and I film what we call customer videos. Our experience coordinator s- shares three to five you know, special reservations that are happening this week. Maybe it's a birthday, a wedding announcement, whatever the case is. And I just say... Um, Hi, Kelly. My name is Michelle. I'm one of the owners here at Borrow. I know that you're coming in on Saturday night. I just wanted to wish you a fantastic birthday. Uh, I know that um, uh, you've welcomed some guests from Australia. One of our core values is celebration. We can't wait to celebrate you. Please let me know how your experience was. Here's my email address. Mm. It literally takes me 15 minutes to film five videos because they're short, short, short message, boom. In and out, I have my team. I literally show up and I have no idea who i'm going to be speaking to laura our experience coordinator preps me and off i go and then those videos are sent out uh the same day so they'll be sent out this afternoon um and then the follow-up to that like what's the business outcome again the the warmth that's great but there's a design strategy after that our experience coordinator will follow up after the reservation say how was the reservation more often than not right we would hope that it's it was an amazing experience the video was a great touch but now we've earned the opportunity mm. to ask for a Google or Facebook review, right? That's the business outcome of it. But, you know, you can't just go out to all your customers and say, you know, pound your chest and say, I want a review. Like, why aren't you giving me reviews? You got to earn the review, right? And, and I'm very, I like to be cost effective with everything that I do and the videos what, is, what does it cost me? 30, 15 minutes of my time? I suggest this to every single business leader, regardless of whether you're an entrepreneur or not. And sometimes I hear, well, Michelle, I don't have the time. Okay, 30 minutes in a work <laughs> week is 180th of the work week. You're, you're telling me you don't have 30 minutes? You do have the time. I just question your leadership. Mm-hmm. Boom. That's mm-hmm. a drop the mic. I like that yeah. right there. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
2: What a cool idea, though. That's such a great way. And I love how you phrased it of earning the review because I think the conversation right now too often is about the negative side of reviews. And um, those owners tend to uh, like negativity begets negativity, right? So they they become more, more negative about customers and then they get more and everything else. So I love that you take the time to really earn it in in such an authentic way. That's really, really cool.
1: So, Michelle, thank you so much. We appreciate it. This was awesome. I knew uh, we were going to have some great takeaways from this episode. Just if you can tell us where people can find you, find your food, find whatever. Yeah. So (laughs) it's as
0: simple because I have such a unique name. uh, Just Michelle Falcon everywhere, M-I-C-H-E-L, and then Falcon like the bird. Uh, And then uh, uh, if you land on my website, you'll be able to see uh, the venues. And if you're ever in Toronto, Send me an email, tweet at me, whatever the case is. I'd love to to welcome anybody listening.
2: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being here. I think everybody got a lot out of it. And even though I just had lunch, I'm now hungry. So somehow (laughs) that happened. (laughs) 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 So thank you so much. Thank you very much.
0: Appreciate it. Thanks, Michelle.
2: Well, I think anybody could learn from the creativity that he's applying to the customer experience. I really do.
1: Absolutely. And when you take the job, are you going to stay with the podcast or not? What do you think?
2: Well, I, I guess it depends how many manicures I want to get. <laughs>
1: how many manicures? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, you will be quite busy with the manicures.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. No, it's great. I can't wait. Next time in ter- I'm in Toronto, I'm totally going to check out one of the restaurants.
1: Yeah, but I'm going to tweet weird stuff before I go.
2: Oh, well, good it's idea. like to see
1: what they bring. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> tweet about like scuba diving. Like see if they bring me like an oxygen. You know, thing. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he
2: loves you giving the listeners that idea to yeah. exploit their generosity.
1: Yeah. Well, don't be messing with Michelle. Cause yeah, I mean, on a serious note, so many great takeaways. And mm-hmm. when I, when I saw him at secret service summit, I was just like, we've got to get Michelle on the show because like I said, at the beginning, there's a, it's a roadmap almost for, okay, here's how we can think about this when we're not at scale, when we're not, you know, whatever Apple. Right. And, and, and I, and I love those kind of lessons coming from small business, being entrepreneur, all that type of stuff. I, I always love to see when people are innovating around how to do these things at, you know, the small business level.
2: Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Well, we hope you got a lot out of this as well. And I'm pretty sure you did. I'm just going to put it out there. (laughs) So thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. We are a proud member of the C-Suite Radio family. If you like C-Suite Radio, check out C-Suite TV and watch in-depth interviews with business content for C-Suite leaders and entrepreneurs. It's all on demand. So get those insider secrets by going to csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can find my new course on LinkedIn Learning. And also, you can find more content at CXContent.com.
1: And I'm Adam Tork, and you can learn more about me and our customer service workshops, training, and online training at CustomerSetStick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself.
0: And take care
2: of your customers.